You know, this morning, um, I've been, um, sometimes when I get stuck in the Word, I get, I get stuck on one portion of Scripture, and it just sticks and sticks and sticks. So rather than go all over the Bible and look for, uh, you know, uh, I want more, I want more, I've got to understand what I'm looking at. Amen? So I, I have this, this scripture has been on my mind for so long and in my heart and in my spirit. And so to this morning, I want to bring it, bring it to you. And it's all called, this, if it had a title, this would be called Partnering with Heaven. Partnering with Heaven. Because one thing we understand, just as Christine said, is that we are di- different from the rest of humanity. We are Christians, but we're not the same as everybody else out there. God has called us to this place to be with him in family, in partnership, and to be participators of what he's doing. Amen? We're not here to sit in a pew. We're not here to sing the fine songs that that pretty girl up there is singing. You know, I get, I've got a thing about that because I'm a worship, the other worship leader. And never mind. It's something I need to deal with. <laughs> get on with it, Viv. Okay. Okay, I'll just... just being vulnerable. <laughs> so we believe in doing things um, that we believe in doing things that there is no other people in the world that believe this. We believe in a God we can't see. We believe in doing things that we haven't got the capabilities to do. We believe it's possible. We believe God can, our God can create things that are not, something out of nothing. I mean, how many groups of people are like that? We believe in miracles that come from nowhere. We believe people can get healed because we say a prayer. How awesome is that? That's who we are. And so often we can put ourselves in that place where we are just like everybody else. The news flash today is you are not like everybody else. You are a chosen people, a royal, a people. He knows. (laughs) Where are the rest of you going? eh? A people belonging to God. We're different. And yet we can walk out of these doors on a Sunday and live just like everybody else. And yet God has breathed his spirit into us, amen, and placed us in different places. We don't follow the Joneses. We are the Joneses. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, said the Joneses. <laughs> and the Joneses. We've got two sets of Joneses around here. So we don't follow the Joneses. We are the Joneses. People follow what we're doing because our God is amazing. Amen. Amen. We are the children of God and we will not might be challenged because of who we belong to. This is our family. Our God is our Father. And merely because the Holy Spirit is within you, wherever you go, you will challenge the principalities, the powers that are resident there. Wherever you go, you are going to go to these places and the principalities and powers are going to sit up and take notice. Are you frightened? Good. Are you frightened? Sweet. We're going to see a few atmospheres change, yeah? Merely because we are connected to God, we are going to change wherever we are, whether that's where we live, whether that's where we go to work, whether it's where we meet people, governments. If we are in the presence of governments, we believe that we 
are changing the atmosphere and we are bringing the word of God. We're not there for nothing, just to look. Amen? We're not there just to look. We're there to participate and God sends us. If we believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in the way, then we've got to believe that God says, okay, I want you over here. And you turn up. And so for some of us, we need to keep our mouths shut because that will help. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> I know this. Sometimes just merely turning up, we have taken the kingdom of God with us. And we don't have to be clever. We don't have to be more persuasive than anybody else. We just are. Are you with me? Do you believe it? Amen. I need the yes to be a bit louder than that. (laughs) Yes, amen. We have entered a war because we have given our hearts to Jesus. We have entered the war between light and darkness. We have entered a war against the principalities and powers. We have entered a war against the devil. Let's say that word, the devil. He is our foe, our adversary. He doesn't like us. He wants to ruin our lives. Amen. So when you feel yourself starting to cave, you know that you are in this war and God has placed you there for a reason, to participate because he wants to move things. Uh, Last uh, Wednesday, I think it was, we were talking about how things shift in the atmosphere. We need to know that we are atmosphere shifters. That's not somebody else's job. It's not his job. The only atmosphere that shifts with him is when I say so. (laughs) Nice try. Nice try. Nice try. I'm just saying. And so I want to have a look at the book of Ezekiel because, you know, I think this is something that we... We need to have a look at because it, it, it pictures it so well. So well. You know, um, the words within the Bible are poetic. And when a pers- three people read it, three people can get three different things because that's the Spirit of God. So let's go to Ezekiel 37. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let's begin at verse 1. Now the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out of the valley in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many bones in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Now understand this, in a valley, usually poetically and prophetically, it talks about when things are not going good, in a valley, and the bones were all set by, were all set there, And the valley was open. In other words, it was in a bad place and there was no protection, an open valley. And then it says this, to top it off, three, to top it off. It says, and the bones weren't just dry, they were very dry. Very dry. Sometimes we think of this and we think, you know, bones that you see lying around, chicken bones, whatever. But these bones were very dry. When you see this, it's what the Lord is saying to us. These bones were even past recovery. They were all but dust. And sometimes our situations, our relationships can be like that. It's all but dust. We're just about done, Lord. There's nothing left. There's not even trace elements left, Lord. It's dry, very dry. 
But you know this. The situation seems irreversible, but this is the thing. God wants to show us his glory. Amen. He wants to show us how he is able to create things out of nothing because he wants us to know what a creative God he is. Not only that, how great he is able to take things out of nothing and make him something. He is able to take your relationship and reclaim it. James and I, I'm, you know, I always use us as an example because our marriage was all but dead when we were first married. It was all but dust. It was all but dust. But God in his wisdom knew that he, if he could harness the passion that we had for what we did and what we believed and put it together, great things would come out of it. And I believe that he's done that. We have seen so much happen. People healed, people saved, people set free, people made into leaders. It's been amazing, cried. All but dead. And this is the thing. I believe, I will always believe that a marriage, if you want it to, happen, to, to stick together, it will. It will because God can make something out of nothing. Amen. So if you look into Job 14 verses 1 to 8, he says it like this. How frail is humanity, how short is life, how full of trouble. Well, we understand that Job was in the worst place ever. He'd lost his family, lost his kids and everything. He was, he was sick and everything was just not going well. So it says, how frail is humanity, how short is life, how full of trouble. We blossom like a flower and then wither. Like a passing shadow, we quickly disappear. Must you keep an eye on such a frail creature? He's pretty much given up on himself. And dem demand an account from me. You can bring purity. How can, who can bring purity out of an impure person? He's basically saying, I'm useless. I'm done. I'm no good. No one can do it. You have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live. And we are not given a minute longer. So leave us alone and let us rest. And the next... Next sentence, we are like hired hands, so let us finish our work in peace. Do you know hired hands have no ownership? They've given up. They have no ownership of the place that they work. Just let me alone. Let me do my job. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And a lot of times, us as Christians, because I've been here, we can live our lives like that. Just leave me alone. I just want to wait till heaven comes. Just leave me. You know, I don't want any hassles. Don't ask me for anything. Just leave me alone. And in other words, he'd lost vision because of his circumstances and he feels the pain and the sorrow and life looks like dust. All but done. But if we go back to Ezekiel, chapter 37 and verse 3, it says this. So God's taken Ezekiel through this valley. And he can see the bones are all but dust. And he says, and then Ezekiel says, he says to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Pretty much, what are you asking me for? You know. What are you asking me for? And we can get to this place in our lives, can't we? What are you asking me for? 
you know everything, God. And at that time, what we try and do is separate ourselves from God. But, you know, here's the thing. God wants to engage us in all the miraculous things he's doing. He wants us to be a part of it. And often we can think, well, sovereign God, do your sovereign work, and I'll just stand by and I'll be a spectator. But he wants us in. He wants us in. This phrase is a turnaround phrase, and he's saying he's wanting Ezekiel to think. Can you think that these bones can live, Ezekiel? And if it's our relationship, he's saying, do you think... Is there a little minute, how big is a mustard seed? Can you think that this relationship can bloom again and come back into fruit? Can you think your business, which is just about all but done, is all but dust? Can you believe with me? Your children, our children, who are no longer walking with the Lord and they are all but done. Can we be that person that has that belief that says, I can believe, I can believe this little bit. I can believe that, this, that our children, my children will be saved. I can believe that my child no longer be a, a drug addict, an alcoholic. I can believe that my child will walk away from their sin. But God needs us to be a part of this. He needs somebody to believe. Amen? Someone to believe. And though God um, is sovereign Lord, he wants us to be participators with him. You know, sometimes... Um, we think that all we have to do is just, like I said, stand around and be a spectator. But really, at the end of the day, we have to be able to participate with God. And I remember when I was over in Cambodia visiting with a friend of mine who's doing mission work over there. And I might have told this story before. But I remember one day, she said to me, you know, I've got to get up early in the morning. We've got to go out to the airport. Uh, prison, there's a whole lot of stuff that has to happen, we have to pick up this one, we have to do that and I thought right, I'm going to get up really early and pray, well the alarm went and I missed it, I absolutely missed it and I was, got on my knees when I finally woke up and I thought, Lord I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I spent probably, I don't know 10, 10 minutes or something saying sorry to God, you know God said to me at the end of the day, I got this, I can do this without you but I want you along for the ride. I like, I'd like to include you in this. And so here's me thinking that everything going right was reliant on my prayers. It's, not, it's just God is sovereign, but he wants us along with him. Amen? He wants us to participate with him. And he said the same thing to Ezekiel. I want you in this. And so he says, this is the turnaround, and he says to Ezekiel, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And at this point, he engages Ezekiel as his partner here on earth to see this miracle happen. Think about it. It's, it's like I said, what Christine said this morning. We're different people. God wants to engage us. With the miracles that can happen, he wants us to believe but participate. And so he says to Ezekiel, 
I want you to do something about this. I want you to be in this. Prophesy to the bones. You do something. You speak into this valley of dry bones. You make the first step of faith. You do it. You do it. You do it. It's all very well for us to say, Sovereign Lord, do your thing. And God is always willing to heal us and help us. But I'm going to ask you this. In this covenant relationship, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? As you know, James and I have been tracking along this place of um, discipleship making, as we have with, you know, with some of the uh, other young people. And part of the discipleship making is this. Get involved and then you go out and you see somebody discipled. Discipleship class does not a disciple make. Amen? Just like if you go to something like, I don't know, childcare, it doesn't make you a parent. It just gives you the knowledge. But you've got to walk it out. Amen? Are you all right, guys? Do I sound like a grumpy mother? Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. But he wants, this is, the, this is the thing. He says to Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy. What is prophecy? It's the heart of God. Get this, God can do it on his own. But he's asking Ezekiel, come on, come on, come on. I want you to get involved with me. I want you to participate with me. I don't want you to stand off, bow your head, close your eyes and wait for something to happen. I want you to be involved. Give me your mustard seed faith. How big is a mustard seed? Goodness knows, it's that small, that small. It is tiny, like a pinhead. Give me that much and all, all of heaven will lift you up into that place. Amen? Amen. So he prophesied. Um, he said this, Ezekiel 37, 4, verse 6. This is what God says to him. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. So what is prophecy? Prophecy is just speaking the heart of God. That's all it is. It's not something that's left for certain people who are like up there to do. Prophesying is speaking the heart of God. Oh, how human we are when we put other things around it. Amen. And yet God has given us this gift so we can speak the heart of God to individuals, to groups, to nations, wherever he puts us. That is what prophecy is. And so, Ezekiel says in verse 7, And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. See, when God does something with us, there is a great calamity. There is great noise because everything starts popping into place. All those things that we have in our hand, just like there was bones, they started coming together. They started popping into place. And God did that because he had somebody who was helping him out. Yeah, do we help God out? He can help himself. Amen. But he wants us with him. Amen. And so there was a great rattling. And indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon, upon the bones and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So out of this, you can see sinews and flesh, where'd they come from? Well, I don't know. They were created out of nowhere. 
because God does that. If you go back to Genesis, you'll see he spoke, let there be light, and there was? He spoke, let there be firmament, and there was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, they say because firmament's too hard to say. <laughs> he spoke. God spoke. And he created something out of nothing. Because our minds get so entangled in the process of things coming right that we are saying, well, God, it can't happen. You know, I heard this guy, he was a preacher once, and he said, I said to God, I need a building for my church. And then I began to say to God, where am I going to get the money from? Well, did he ask for money? No, he asked for a building. And apparently that's exactly what God gave him. We tend to work it out in our heads. How's God going to do it? Oh, I know how he's going to do it. And he needs to hear from me because God needs my help. Not. God can create something out of nothing. But we have our human processes that we think we've got to get money, we've got to get builders, we've got to get this, we've got to get that. When God's saying, I actually need for you to keep going with the work of the ministry, I don't want you to put the people under labour and ask for money for a building, all that sort of stuff. But our minds have a way of second-guessing God. That's exactly what it is, second-guessing him. But God wants us to be participators where he wants us to participate. In this case, he wanted Ezekiel to speak the word. He wanted Ezekiel to believe him. He wanted him to be in partnership with him. But he didn't want him to go down the local hospital and find some sinews and some skin. He didn't want him to do that because that's exactly what he needed. And you would think that that would be the end of that. That God would just, you know, breathe the Holy Spirit on that. God the Holy Spirit would come and there would be breath in this army. But it says back there, there was no breath in them. And I would think, if that was me, I'd be thinking, well, God, you know what to do, breathe a Bring your Holy Spirit and we're away. But he actually says to Ezekiel, prophesy, prophesy the wind, prophesy the breath, sorry. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. He actually wants us to be involved when he's doing Holy Ghost stuff. And we have been, we have been taught that that stuff is way too divine. We've got to separate ourselves. God can do that on his own. He wants us involved. He wants us involved even in that. Prophesy. Speak my heart of breath. Speak my heart for the Holy Spirit to come and fill up this army so that they can breathe. What does that mean? So that they can live. He wants us to prophesy. To prophesy. To do so, when the Holy Spirit is required to prophesy the heart of God, Holy Spirit, come. Not to leave it to a, f a few leaders or whatever, or spiritual guys, to say, Come, Holy Spirit. That's our job, all of our jobs. Amen. If you are stuck in a situation where you're working in a situation, you're on, you're on, it's up to you to speak the Holy Spirit into that. Speak the Holy Spirit into that situation. If you have a business, you need to be speaking the Holy Spirit into that. Amen? The power of the Spirit, the wisdom of the Spirit, the breath of the Spirit. That's what we need to be doing. 
If you have a family, it's up to you. Prophesy over your family members that they will return to the heart of God. Prophesy the destiny of God over your children. Prophesy good things and bless them, just as Richard Brunton was saying. So come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. Can you see this when you close your eyes? It's just bone and skin and flesh. Who cares? And then he prophesied the breath of God, and they, breath came into them. They lived, they stood up, an exceeding great army. Our God is good, amen. And why, you know, I've done that. I've done it. Goodness knows I've done a lot of things over and over again. Keep going. What have you got to lose? You've got all eternity to keep doing this. Why not start now and keep going? We always think, I need, I need an instant answer. And God's saying, actually, I know the timing. My timing's better than yours. Amen. So keep going. Keep going. Amen. I want to go back to Job. You know, in partnership with God, anything is possible. Every situation can be turned around for good. He can make things come out of nothing. He wants to engage you in the miraculous. He wants to, for us to believe that mustard seed faith that anything is possible. Amen. And if we go to Job 14, it says, For there is hope for a tree. Don't forget this is the tree that was cut. There was a tree that was cut down. If it is cut down, that it will sprout again. And its tender shoots will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground. Basically, it's all but given up the ghost. Yet, at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. Amen. But for the scent of water, the smell of water, who knows that you can't smell water? But when you're in a dry and a thirsty land and the ground is parched and it's like rock and it's, and it's like concrete and it's hot and the rains come, who knows that you can smell the scent of water? Amen. So, if for the scent of water, for those of you who have, found, have got a situation that's so difficult, you think, man, I can't, this can't be redeemed. There's no revival in this, but for the scent of water. When you smell the water, the water of faith, the water of God, when you smell him in the area. You know, we talk about there's a lot of people that when they sense the Holy Spirit, there's a smell. I've smelled that smell once. It is absolutely beautiful. And that was in a time when things were very difficult. But for the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches. Notice not twigs, branches, big branches. And I just want to encourage you today. If there's a place in your life, a, a thing, uh, sorry, a situation in your life that you're finding difficult, whether it's workplace bullying, whether it's your workers not working the way they should, it's time for you to take that mustard seed of faith. 
when God has spoken to you when you started this business or where you worked, started this job, and he said to you, I'm putting you there. It's not so you can make money. It's because God wants you to change the atmosphere. But he needs for you to engage with him. Every situation, every job, every life, every relationship. Amen.